Welcome to Tech Talk Back. I'm Dave Matthews, and I've been going to the Consumer Electronics Show, known as CES, since the early 1990s. And kicking off the decade this year was a bit different from the last decade, where there was tremendous growth on the show floor. That being said, the square footage of vendors seems about the same, but gone were the tiny booths at the old Las Vegas Hilton, where Elvis used to play, which once held hundreds of Chinese vendors schlepping weird iPhone cases and clean air ionizers that we used to cover as a joke product when our team at G4 TV did live broadcast from the show floor for a week. Without those tiny booths full of tiny people, it also meant that the floor was less crowded by the reported 200,000 visitors walking between halls. Sure, the show was busy with humans, but in this author's opinion, the China tariff has caused a decline in the visitor count. But trade shows can't report dwindling attendance numbers, can they? The Koreans had a strong show presence, however. Massive vehicle conglomerate Hyundai partnered with Uber on their drone helicopter booth. They had a massive drive-in theater-inspired, curved, immersive display that showed video mock-ups of future cities where people rode through on one-wheel electric boards to Hyundai electric trolleys, picking up people like clockwork from depot stations with VTOL, that means vertical takeoff and landing, flying Uber rides to their destination. It was the future we dreamed about from the 1960s Jetson era. Visitors to this booth were able to take a ride, albeit through a VR headset, which was showcasing the experience. The creators of Bell Helicopter out of Far West Dallas, Texas Alliance Airport made another CES appearance with their drone as well. Its blades were spinning slowly like an old music video from the 1980s. They even had a toy drone demo where you stood before a tiny city which reminded me of the opening sequence of the HBO series Silicon Valley. A dozen stations had kiosks mounted with iPads running their demo app that could summon consumer drones bedazzled like their chopper from rooftops of the scale city. It was super cute and very well put together as a live demo. If you waited in line, you could sit in the mock-up of their actual size drone as well. TVs made center stage from Korea in the center hall and the Samsung Ciro TV was for the digital native kids who are the teenagers of today. It stands on an easel and has two physical modes. One for those who like watching videos and portrait up and down, as well as the standard left to right widescreen, which incidentally is the way that video should be watched because your eyes go left and right. The Ciro supports Apple's AirPlay and Android mirroring. And when you're beaming media to it from your mobile phone, it has a motor to turn vertical or horizontal with the flip of your wrist. This TV sits on an easel and therefore cannot be wall mounted. Like the curved TVs and 3D TVs of yesteryear, I hope to never see one of these in the real world. I did, however, like the stunning quality of their Q950 Infinity Edge display, which were 8K TVs with barely any buzzle. Since there's no media in this format, they have an AI upscale chip for 4K content to bring it to the 8K format, which there's very little 4K media content as well. So now you have twice the resolution for not that much stuff. One thing to know is these TVs have not one, but three voice assistants. They're Bixby, which is Samsung's voice helper, plus Google and Alexa. I've read that Amazon only allows one assistant to be active on devices at a time due to contracts. So for now, 
Don't expect you to like one assistant and your co-home habiter to use another because although it's technically feasible, contracts won't allow it. The biggest surprise of the show and for press and even myself was the Sony car. They debuted a concept car called the Vision S with 5G and visual sensors like camera view and mirror replacements to avoid accidents. These, by the way, that is the camera review mirrors are illegal according to U.S. Department of Transportation and the National Transportation Safety Alliance. The car had 33 sensors inside and outside, which they call this array their oval sensing. They even had a 360-degree audio capability inside and a panoramic widescreen dash, which was quite beautiful. Sony isn't actually going to make a car, or we don't think they will, and the styling was not Sony futuristic like one would expect, as it reminded me of a Tesla Model 3. But it was a good way for the electronics manufacturer to showcase what they're creating in regard to the sensors and screens that are inside of the devices in your homes and pockets with other names branded on the front. Five G was a buzz there with some two hundred million handsets due to come out in twenty twenty. But that technology really doesn't matter now because it only works outside due to its millimeter wave technology. And do you really need to download a movie in two seconds when the world is streaming content versus owning it? Save your money on five G for now. I believe that this solution will be used for homes and apartments receiving service over five G wireless versus their antiquated and crusty copper wires, which was stretched to the max for providing cable TV and DSL internet. The 5G in vehicles will be used for some aspects of autonomous or remote control driving and streaming media inside, but also for updates and bug fixes, like what Tesla pioneered over Wi-Fi and LTE. You can also find this on the new Land Rover, and after making an in-service center update to the Jaguar firmware, it will be constantly connected to the internet as well. Privacy has been a big thing lately in social media sites, and you may not know this, but the cheap Vizio, TCL, and Roku TVs are constantly sending what you're watching back to their own cloud servers and even their partners like Facebook. Samsung has paid attention to this trend and lets owners know what data it collects on you within their TV privacy settings. We're going to dig into this with Tech Talk back in the future, so keep your ears tuned on this topic. The big surprise for the traditional press was what a car show CES is becoming. In the past two decades, it was the North Hall aftermarket electronics manufacturers showcasing things like alarms, amplifiers, and car stereo replacements which frankly was my draw to the show in the 1990s. They all demonstrated their work up through heavily modified factory cars. These past few years in that same hall, the big European manufacturers like Audi, Mercedes, and from the other side of the pond, Honda, Toyota, and Ford, bring their latest electric-powered dinosaur-free variants to the show. Bosch won an innovation award with their AI camera tracking sun visor. Now listen to this, it maps your face to liquid crystal blocks for the sun when it gets in your eyes. It's a modern take on the analog swinging device in front of your windshield and may just be a solution looking for a problem. I think it would work better on a Mars mission as you approach the sun. Heinrich Fisker was there with his follow-up to the Karma vehicle, which fell into bankruptcy in 2012 after their battery supplier folded and is now owned by the Chinese. 
His new Ocean Electric SUV fits the modern form factor, albeit slightly smaller than what Ford was showing in the same hall with their Mustang Mach-E, which we spoke about on our very first episode. So listen to that if you get a chance. BMW was outside of the hall with a modified two-seat i3, where the passenger, that's singular, took proverbial center stage in the vehicle. Gone was the back seat, and it had an electric footstool mounted where the front seat used to be in order to provide support for the passenger's new position in the back. I thought EVs were supposed to be more eco-friendly by carrying multiple people. Mercedes showed three electric cars. First was their not-yet-to-America EQC SUV, a low-slung concept Vision EQS, and a James Cameron, what? Collaboration called the Avatar, which was dripping in so many LEDs that it literally looked out of this world. Check out the techtalkback.com website for these images. The Amazon booth had both a software and a hardware car focus. The hardware one showed up as the $700 million investment in the company Rivian, who had their slickly designed pickup truck. It had a huge front trunk, known as Frunk by the Porsche world, and a through-bed storage area that you could sleep inside of. They even had a sleeping bag in. The other partner was a vehicle configurator where you could build your next car on the Amazon website, which was powered by ZeroLight, who specializes in electronic showrooming. I think with Tesla around allowing direct-to-consumer purchases of vehicles, we might see this on the Amazon site in the future. Alexa made its way into its first production vehicle at CES by way of the Volkswagen Group's Lamborghini. ExxonMobil announced nearly 12,000 gas stations will let you fill up at the pump without a credit card by telling Alexa which pump you pulled into at the station. You too can have this functionality by buying an Echo Auto, a $50 add-on device which gives Alexa control to your not Lamborghini. My highlights of the show were walking through the smart cities and Internet of Things displays. I've got a lot of photos of the stuff that caught my eye, so head to techtalkback.com to see those and share this with your friends and subscribe to our podcast. Next week, we'll be digging back into the future of technology and vehicles in your digital life. I'm Dave Matthews, the Gadget Guy. And thanks for tuning in.